wonderful gardens of Gardignon in uh, San Juan and yeah it is the Christmas special and I'm very delighted to introduce today's guest uh, returning for the second time here on the Reset Rebel podcast Ms Trish Whelan good afternoon hello Jill how are you happy Christmas all the better for seeing you my dear (laughs) you too it's so nice to have you back on the podcast. Obviously, you were one of the first guests to ever appear um, back sort of in March, March time, I believe it was. Feels like about 400 years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have had a, a fierce season here on the island uh, in between our last uh, experience together. Haven't we just? <laughs> <laughs> and how, how was it for you, my love? Yeah, it was really amazing, actually. Yeah, it was long, and um, it took a little while to get going weather-wise. But, um, yeah, it was long and strong and amazing and, you know, still learning the dance, still learning how to dance with Ibiza sometimes where it's, you know, it's um, challenging, isn't it, when we're melting and there's millions of people and all of that. But, yeah, victorious. That's a good word. I like that one. <laughs> Winning. I, I mean, you know, how does one dance with Ibiza across the course of the summer? I mean, it's definitely something that's uh, continually moving. Yeah, I mean, one has got to dance with one's yoga mat first thing in the morning, I think, first of all, and then take it from there, basically. Um, yeah, I think it's really... Well, who knows? It's just such a mad... Such a mad place to live, really, isn't it, Ibiza? Um, But so rewarding um, in the end of the season. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely not the end yet, thank God. Um, But it does, yeah, it does feel like we're kind of drawing the final curtain on on a spectacular beast that has been summer 2018, and it's been... A very different kind of year for me, but I'm, I'm intrigued from your perspective. I mean, obviously running like a big retreat business and having your gorgeous big old beach house at Calazucla, which is just incredible. But it was your first season there. So how did it how did it go down? I know you like that word because every time on Instagram I check out what's happening, it's like, this is how it's going down. And then I see these pictures of these unbelievable sunsets. That's your sort of tagline. Yeah, it's, um, it's been amazing. You know, it has been um Many, many, many wonderful sunsets. I get to see the sunset every day of the year from from the house, so I really, um, yeah, do a little sunset dance every day and really give thanks. And, um, yeah, it was just really a magical season. Wonderful people. So many wonderful people came. So many inspiring people. So many people came that, you know, taught me so much about everything. And, um, yeah, I got the deck going and, you know, sometimes just feeling so suspended in the nature there. It's really, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been uh, utterly amazing mm. and exhausting sometimes. I love the fact that you popped out of the island, though, at the end of the season for a little reset and you actually went to London to see Florence and the Machine. I was incredibly jealous about that one going down. Yeah, that was amazing. 24 hours in London was, was good. And seeing Florence and seeing her getting everybody 
in the O2 to hold hands and getting everybody in the O2 to turn around and hug the person next to them. I mean, it's pretty big, um, there's pretty big things going on and I really, yeah, I love her. So yeah, a little, little rock and roll was, was, was good. That's the one thing I miss here, really. Well, I mean, you know, music fixes on Ibiza is a fascinating sort of topic of conversation in many ways because obviously, you know, notoriously this island is known for its sort of EDM um, smorgasbord, I suppose, and obviously many of the nightclub establishments that exist here. But obviously this podcast is really about trying to find those sort of wellness pockets that tap into that and have also been born from that, you know, environment, but actually are offering the exact opposite, but with a flavour of, of exactly you know, that metamorphosis that kind of created our existence for being here in the first place. I mean, for me, it was all about Namaste this season. I went every possible Wednesday I could. And I just love it there because I just feel like, um, you know, it's such a melting pot of just good vibes, basically. And I go there for dinner, have a table, um, so I can see everything that's going on. And so some really amazing bands, you know, like also, you know, um, saw Brahmaji, you know, this guy, Osho's, um, Osho's musician, just like, ama- I mean, amazing. He was mind-blowing. And yeah, I just love Namaste for that meeting of um, melting of minds and vibes and, you know, mm-hmm culture and tradition and it's free before nine and kids are there and you know can be I can go there and be in bed for midnight which is the dream for me um but yeah like good music um yeah good vibes that was all about that and, and a couple of moons. you've got to squeeze a couple of moons in there um for sure and I think well, we've definitely squeezed a couple of woo moons in there in the past together, um, which has definitely been one of the highlights of my summer. And I didn't, I did go to Namaste a couple of times, um, and, I, and I have seen Byram G. But did you hear that track that he made with Blondish? Yes, and Bl- and I loved Blondish this season also. Yeah, I'd say they're kind of one of my favourite female DJ duos, and um, been smashing it at woo moon a lot. And yeah, and many other kind of like ecological and kind of more. Um, environmental projects across the island with the kind of, you know, big plastic push to move away from, um, you know, what oceans, what's it called, oceans? The big kind of uh, ecological, non-plastic event that they do, they play out every year. Yeah, I miss that. Mm. Um, Yeah, I had lunch yesterday at Casamaca and they're plastic-free. The first plastic-free venue, like, how beautiful is that? So I think, you know you know that's the only way it's going to go now isn't it it seems that way and long way at last and and long way it continue it's like yeah been a long time coming to see places on this island using paper straws is like you know makes me so so happy but when you see people in the older bars still dishing out plastic straws oh the music's cranked on a wee notch here at Gardunor having a little party of our own in the back garden um but yeah I just think you know it's there's definitely a movement here on this island amongst the you know, the party side of it, which is um, is really nice to see, and it's nice to see that the progression is definitely being uh, adhered to by all kind of um, spheres of the nightlife world. Yeah, and there's just it has to go that way. I mean, that's how it has to be. I mean, one of my highlights of the season was seeing Daniel Pinchbeck at um, 
cosmic pineapple and his wisdom, you know, and um, yeah, really highly recommend Good Christmas Reading is that book, How Soon Is Now, his most recent book of just, you know, like, there's no other way. It's, it's quite frankly that simple. Well, thanks to you, we actually had Daniel Pinchbeck on this exact podcast. And oh, yes. uh, <laughs> it was hilarious because actually I have to completely fess up that I, I kind of just woke up feeling quite hungover that morning. And you were like, uh, have you heard Daniel Pinchbeck's on the island? I was like, um, no, I had not. And then you were like, yeah, Kim's landed him at Cosmic Pineapple. You have to get him. And uh, somehow it managed to uh, unfold. And um, yeah, it was an absolute miracle. And the guy's an absolute hero. So thank you so much for that. Because um, that was that was an epic experience to have met him. And that book is, yeah, just totally on the money in terms of like its message. And, and I, I'm very sad to say I had to dash across to England on the night that he was actually doing his talk there. But um, did you go? Oh yeah, he he talked after my he spoke after my yoga class, and actually that night was just one of the highlights of my season. Cosmic Pineapple was so good at Pikes that day. Yeah, I did see some other photographs of you on Instagram going down and some serious amounts of glitter from "It's in Your Dreams" and the girls had obviously got their hands on you. Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, got really into the spirit of it. I actually did the opening ceremony for that one, and um, so that meant I had to arrive earlier than I, as we know, I'm not the best timekeepers. So I was there for a long time. So, yeah, I got into the spirit, and, yeah, got glittered up, and it was great. It was a really, really great day, yeah, really great. I mean, that's one of the, yeah amazing kind of fusion sort of festivals on the island really which where healing meets um well extreme cosmicness basically but particularly on the dance floor as well there's like a real um mashup between the two in in what, what do, how do you feel about that personally i'm just not sure that there is this flow from you know um cupping to sort of disco dancing at four but um i think that <laughs> <laughs> cupping in what sense cupping is a therapy yeah no I know I was just trying to clarify that. that's well, exactly what you meant that you go for a cupping and you end up sort of you know in the Raving. DJ booth with Richie Ahmed or <laughs> Seth Troxler um, why not <laughs> but you know I think that it's good that there is a forum here isn't there for all um, for all of the arts the healing arts the painting arts, the music arts, you know, there's a, there's a place where, um, yeah, there's a, a hub of creativity. Um, at, and, you know, if one kid who was coming to, you know, um, to, to get fucked up, you know, so had a cupping, maybe, uh, you know, it, maybe there is, you know, maybe it does ripple out. I mean, it does ripple out, doesn't it? Um, I just think, yeah, it's wonderful, the, the, the fusion, um, and, and it's wonderful that there's space for everything. That was going to be my next question. I mean, I mean, I've taught a lot of yoga at a lot of, like, music festivals and dance music festivals, and I feel like, you know, there is a question sometimes about, you know, when people kind of come into the, the tent the next morning, still, you know, slightly worse for wear. But I think that that's a beautiful thing because it might be the first yoga class I've ever done. So it's kind of like, you know, having a, a healing day and then that moving and morphing into the nightlife scene. You know, people, as you said, might come early and like catch a little bit of something they might not have experienced otherwise. So it's, yeah, it's a difficult conversation as to, as to how those two things fit together on an island like this where obviously you know 
those two things do, those two worlds do collide on a regular basis. Yeah, and I think we just have to trust that everybody gets the perfect experience all the time. There is that too. Um, but what was the highlight of this exact summer for you? Because you've obviously, you know, I mean, how many retreats have you actually hosted this summer? Um, Eleven. Wow, and you're still standing. <laughs> oh, I just feel so, yeah, well, I've also now had these, this downtime, you know, I've been filling back up again. Yeah, the highlight, um, wow, so many highlights. Um, yeah, every day is a highlight, isn't it? Um. <laughs> well, without a doubt. I mean, there's, you know, I could go on and on about the highlights, but, you know, the highlight is the nature and the experience of being here and just catching those sunsets and, yeah, just island life. is. Uh, there's never a bad day, really, but obviously you have worked quite hard and um, held space for a lot of people for you know a lot of deep and big transformations to go down this yeah. summer so it's you know do you find that kind of rinses you out how are you feeling right now I'm feeling amazing now but you know the the self-care you know it's there's no there's got to be no let up on the self-care um, and I actually took a little break in the middle of the season and I think that's really wise that's kind of uh, going to be put in stone in next season. To Where just, did you go? I went to Turkey and did a retreat. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> That's a lot of retreating. <laughs> yeah, I went to Turkey and just um, and juiced for seven days. Um, and I came back just feeling, you know, ready for ding, ding, round two. Um, you were like the energizer bunny. I mean, I, I spoke to you one morning when you were there and I was hiking up a mountain and we had a little conversation and you were like just bouncing around like a jack-in-the-box like absolutely delighted with yourself that you're juicing and like going to a yoga class and the shoe was on the other foot because of course you definitely need to recharge the batteries during and mid sort of your season yeah for sure and also you know it just was it was a really positive experience to just take the time for myself you know because you know we all need to retreat and um so yeah, that was a real that was a game changer taking the break and then now I've just been, you know, like yeah, just um you know, just really waking up so deep in nature, um, in this paradise at Chukla. It's just really, really beautiful, you know. So yeah, I'm feeling really good. Feeling really, really, really good and, you know, ready to go in for the next six weeks, really, for the next three weeks before the solstice and then the three weeks after the solstice to really just, um, yeah, like, yeah, go into the darkness, go into the space of, you know, the winter, the hibernation, the repair, the going deep, the, you know, the inner work. And, um, and that's amazing. And I'm loving Ibiza this winter. I mean, and I'm loving the winter-summer dynamic. And, um, you know, I always like to write a little email to my busy summer self, you know, from these days when I have the luxury of time to be on my yoga mat for a couple of hours every day and walking every day. And, yeah, the pace is different, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I'm feeling very blessed to feel that balance here. When you talk about the darkness of winter, what do, what does that mean for you? Early nights, um, log fires, early nights, um, healthy eating, 
um, you know, retrospection, tuning in, listening, the silence, you know, the dark, the you know, the unstimulated, my unstimulated self, where I can hear the the magic messages coming in, making that space. Yeah, and um, and you know, like, yeah, staying indoors. You know, I'm loving. I love to be up early. I love to work with the with the energy of the season and yeah, early nights like nine o'clock bed, four o'clock fire. Um, so yeah, training a lot this winter, practicing a lot, walking a lot, and um, yeah, just resting a lot. I mean, you sort of touched upon the subject of self-care earlier, which is something I kind of wanted to talk about being our Christmas edition because I feel like people do do exactly what we've just done in the summertime during the Christmas period. It's like party, 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 overstimulation, it's family everywhere, there's, you know, um, a lot going on. There's maybe a little bit of stress, there's, you know, obviously finishing up work to be able to take that time off for the festive period for some people. And um, it is hectic and it can get quite full on for some people to, to kind of cope with all of that. So what would be your sort of potential sort of tip <laughs> for people to kind of you know not get too burned out over the Christmas period it's so interesting isn't it because that's exactly what happens but you know that's exactly what's not meant not what's not meant to happen you know we are meant to go inside we are meant to you know go underground we're meant to go in journey in and instead you know we're in Tesco's and Sainsbury's and flying around buying crap you know like well, I just say, just, you know, stop, stop for a moment and, you know, take the time for yourself, for your self-care. And, yeah, like, I think it's, you know, there is a collective consciousness of panic around Christmas and there's so much pressure for people to be X, Y and Z and to pretend that they, you know love people they find challenging or you know we can't all be all happy all the time can we you know some days are challenge you know life is hard so just like relax relax <laughs> you know relax like if you miss one party it's not the end of the world like get off get off the the ride you know take yourself off the ride I think people, I saw this great post, in fact I reposted it on my Instagram, I found it on Facebook and it's called uh, JOMO, which is the joy of missing out, which um, is, I think, you know, something that people don't really ever consider, you know, that idea of actually just like, well, I'm happy right here and now, I don't need to be out there, you know, like zinging around like the pinball wizard and like partying hard and seeing absolutely every member of my family and, and friend prior to the Christmas experience because actually on top of everything else that's going on it is too much and it you know how do you know when to say no yeah what's that other thing I saw the other day I used to sneak out of home to go to parties now I sneak out of parties to go home <laughs> love that <laughs> and that other one I like to party and by party, I mean meditate. <laughs> um, I just think that, um, yeah, like, get off the train. You know, you decide. You decide. Um, and, yeah, it's just frantic, isn't it, at the moment? The, in these days, are so frantic now. Every, you know, 24 hours in London, enough for me. Like, people are so 
stressed. Kids are so stressed. Kids are on screens. Teenagers are stressed. Teenagers are on screens. I mean, the the sort of dehumanization is fucking happening. And, uh, you know, like, wake up, people. <laughs> wake up, connect. You know, like, we're going to all of these, you know, really extreme measures to connect. What about connecting to the people who are right in front of you? Um, you know, what about really connecting to your family? You know, what about really, like, you know, take all the bullshit out of the... The, the frantic chaos and tune in and connect to yourself and then see how you can connect and how that can kind of trickle down really but I mean you know I, I love that word and I for me that inspires lots of different image, images and ways that I would like to connect but I mean for a lot of people they're just like well how do I do that around you know they're so stressed they're so overstimulated like the idea of sitting still and closing their eyes for even five minutes is just like totally out of reach go to a yoga class and just go to a yoga class like get off the train you know like really commit to you know like 10 minutes a day self-care up to you know bring it up a minute a day but you know connect to yourself tune into yourself tune into your real feelings you know like I just yeah for me I just feel like that's what that's that's what would really make a big difference to the sanity and the balance of most people. You must see that whole process unfold um, over the course of the retreats you've been giving and I think that's the most magical thing that does happen on these retreats is that you see someone come in disconnected, completely and utterly stressed out to their eyeballs or exhausted or burnt out, whatever it is. By the end of the week, you spit them out, you know, full of amazing food, full of amazing practice, full of time for themselves of reconnection and they are a completely different human to the one that arrived and that is the joy of you know what you do oh thank you Mm. yeah i mean that's what happens isn't it and more and more people come back because you know this is life isn't it this is the dance we're all doing it of you know we're we you know we relax we allow we release we we tune in we connect and then, you know, something happens and we don't manage that very well and we get stressed and we fall off and we lose the connection. That's okay. That's what's kind of meant to happen. But, you know, you just keep falling off and you keep dusting yourself off, getting back up, getting back on your mat again, you know, like that's, this is the dance of being humans. So, um, so yeah, you know, there, we know it when we lose the connection, don't we? We know it when we lose the vibration. We know when we walk into situations where the energy is not, you know, resonating at a high frequency. And we know, well, what are we doing there then? Let's go. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, can, it can also be really simple, can't it, you know? can be really simple it can be like okay every morning I wake up and for three minutes I sit on this chair and I don't turn my phone on and I don't start to process you know 75 other people's mornings and last nights and stuff and I just tune into me so you know try trial and error isn't it I was having a browse around the other morning at just people that hadn't checked in to their WhatsApp first thing in the morning. They're like friends and people that work in our, you know, in wellness that I know. And I just, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but it just interested me greatly is to see who actually doesn't check into their phone until after they've been up to whatever they 
do when they first wake up and it's you know those first waking moments I think are what changes for me particularly in the winter time when you wake up and it's still dark and it's like what is your go-to tool to reset your kind of mental process when you first open your eyes and and it's still dark and I think that really freaks a lot of people out that I speak to not just here but you know other places in the world that's the winter kind of sensation that creeps in it's like darkness like we like we just said but also that fear of being alone feeling a little bit lonely feeling a little bit um yeah like what do you do in those first few waking moments when it's still dark I think a lot of people don't wake up feeling as bright and as sprightly and as ready for the day as they do in the summertime I just love to wake up in the dark and go out and look at the stars Mm. um so yeah generally have a rule of looking at the stars before I look at my whatsapp if it's dark when I wake up um and I get up and pray um a lot um, so, was there, a qu- was there a question? I think, well, what, yeah, what advice could you maybe give people that are possibly going through that whole situation of the transitional period? Obviously, we are, when people are going to hear this, it's going to be closer to Christmas, but right now it's, it's kind of that change from autumn into winter, and it is getting darker, and the nights are getting shorter, and it is feeling a little bit more like when you wake up it's it's still dark because you know obviously the times are changing and it's it's just like you know what are the options there like if you are waking up at six o'clock in the morning and you can't get up and go for a walk or a lot of people have a fear of going outside in the dark so I love this idea of like going out to see the stars that's definitely one way of of occupying yourself before it gets light obviously making a cup of tea putting on a candle listening to a podcast there's a million things you could be doing um, I think when I came round to dinner to see you the other week, you said that you were going to start doing your sadhana. Yeah, so, yeah, I've got sadhana in the morning at 6.30. Um, I mean, it's just about uh, taking some, you know, bre- breathing, you know, stretching into your body. You know, like sometimes I think, especially when the weather's really cold, we see so little of our bodies, don't we? You know, just... Yeah, getting sometimes for the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, a nice bath. You know, I have a nice bath in the mornings. Um, so yeah, just leave leave your phone out for a moment. You know, like yeah, feel your feelings when you wake up in the morning. How do I feel? Like how do I really feel? And what's going to happen today? Um, and you know, how am I? You know, if you know, how am I feeling about X, Y, and Z that's going on? And yeah, just like breathing into your, breathing into yourself, breathing into your body, breathing into your space. Um, yeah, tuning in. I think this is the thing that the whole kind of phone use is stopping us tuning in. So tuning in, really, number one tip. You said you're going to maybe go on a pilgrimage this winter. You were talking about that uh, possibility because you're obviously heading out to India to run your retreat, your annual uh, experience that you run in sort of February, March time over in Goa. Or near there? Yeah, so I'm in the south of Goa in the beginning of March for my retreat. And before that, I'm having a couple of weeks on the beach. And I'm also going to go to the Golden Temple. Um, And that's going to be my pilgrimage, two nights of prayer at the Golden Temple. Um, I'm not a Sikh, but I um, really bow down to the Sikh faith and, you know, the general principles and the... um, their sacred book is is held here at the Golden Temple, and um, it's on the lake at Amritsar. And yeah, I'm gonna you know pray. 
What, what is it? It sounds like a ridiculous question. It might well be, but you know, I'm going to ask it anyway. What, what is it you find through prayer? Like, what it, you know, is it just purely putting your faith in something specific that you just you know want to hand over to somebody else, or what is it that that kind of encompasses for you? Um, well, you know, I love that quote that says, "Walk like a prayer." You know, that we would that we would just be a walking prayer, and so praying for me is just you know. Get, getting myself there and I guess the chanting um, the my fun the mantras and, and working with the mantras you know just that prayer just that that vibration that working with the mantras takes me into I love chanting and um, and I'm doing um, I'm sort of on day 25 of the 40 days chanting every day they just feel amazing, you know. I don't have um I'm not chanting or praying for anything in particular. In fact, in these days, I'm really thanksgiving, you know. I'm really, really thanksgiving. Um, so, yeah, it just takes me somewhere that makes me feel really relaxed and makes me feel like I am enabling myself to move like a prayer. Is it the sense of ritual or routine or discipline or, or what is it exactly? Like, is it is it the, the sense... When I love the fact that you do these things because I remember, I think, last year I met you on your day, like, 92 of, like, swimming in the sea every day. And I think, you know, what an amazing thing to have achieved because doing that for yourself every single day is clearly, without a doubt, going to be the best thing you could ever do, like getting immersed in salt water, being in nature getting grounded you know getting getting immersed um but i love the fact that you do do these things and you go on like a 40-day mission to do something like when you do the kedgeri cleansers or you know i love this disciplinary um tactic about you and it's it's very reset rebelish really because i think sometimes it, it is a rebellion to stay healthy to stay on your path to get back in your groove and really walk your walk well you know they say in the discipline is the devotion and um, yeah, just committing to something. So for, it takes 40 days to break a habit, takes 90 days to make a habit. So we do 40 days, 90 days, 120 days, or a thousand days. So I'm on day 25 right now. So for sure I'm gonna go to 90. Let's see how we get after that. But it's just, um, yeah, it's just a raising of the vibration, you know, I'm just taking myself out of my own way for 11 minutes every day and I'm praying um, and I'm chanting, you know, sacred, ancient Gurmurki chants that have been passed down through the ages and something magic happens in that for me. So, yeah, it's really the commitment to... The commitment to prayer is, is, is strong for me and I really encourage that in everybody, you know, to really, you know, commit to something. Commit. Make a commitment. Speaking of which, we're sort of uh, trying to find out where your little little pet is. <laughs> yeah. Snoop. Snoop Dogg, who is um, the biggest commitment of your entire life, I would say. <laughs> yes, so far. <laughs> life partner. <laughs> Well, funny now. you should say that, but it's our first anniversary today of Aww. being together. We've been together for a whole year. Oh, happy anniversary, Snoopy. Here he is. 
he's having a little lick. <laughs> that is him licking at the microphone. I love it. That's the cutest thing in the world. And <laughs> um, you won a little a little award recently, Trisha. Is that true? We did. We won Dog Most Like Its Owner. He had his little turban on and his ears came out and um, I had my turban on and it was it was fun you know like it was just fun it was good to do something fun I I I don't often you know I am a little bit fun but um I have no way really (laughs) I'm not so public so it was nice to just you know make people someone said their heart exploded a little bit when they saw that photo of of Snoop and I winning the dog most like its owner Rosette um, How much effort did you go to to look exactly like Snoop? Or was it more that he had to go to so much effort to look like you? Which way was it? Oh, yeah, I was just wearing my Kundalini <laughs> yoga whites and my turban. And uh, then uh, one of my wonderful clients actually fashioned a turban for him. And that spent she spent the whole night doing that. And, um, and uh, yeah. we. I, I got the impression you went in there with a certain air of confidence, Trish. There was just no way anybody was going to beat that. I mean, literally. What was the prize? Just the rosette. <laughs> and where is that rosette now? In uh, Pride and Place on your mantelpiece? Yes, it's on our it's on our notice board in the kitchen. Um, yeah, it was it was really good fun. I mean, you know, fun is definitely the middle name of this island, and probably the first name and the last name and the you know the aftermath of uh, Ibiza's. Uh, Kind of, yeah, it's stature in in and standing in this world. But what you know, what do you do for fun on this island when you're getting away from your uh, retreats? I mean, we've talked about Woo Moon, we've talked about Namaste. Is there anything else that really sort of lights your fire that you've been up to this summer that you can divulge? Come and chew the fat with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do I do for fun? Well, I guess I just, you know, see people um, that I, you know, obviously a lot of my friends come to Ibiza. And, um, yeah, I go dancing. And, I mean, dancing is a pretty crucial, you know, I've seen you shake it out on the dance floor on, uh, on several occasions now. I think it's a pretty important part of being here sometimes like you sometimes think you need to connect to source you need to do self-practice you need to do meditation you need to do breathing whatever actually quite often for me in the middle of summer when things are kicking off actually just going to a to you know a club or whatever a night and just getting getting out there getting amongst it is actually also a great way to kind of shake it loose as well of course and we just have so much great music here don't we so yeah having a dance is is good I mean, for people that don't know your background in music, like what you know, what were you doing before you became a Kundalini teacher? Because we never talked about this on the first podcast when uh, we recorded that one back before the summer started, and I kind of wanted to go a little bit deeper into that world if you're up for it. Sure, yeah, I was um, I was working in the music business for 25 years in London, and um, I was doing yeah, did quite a lot of amazing things. Um, before I, I guess when I decided to become a Kundalini yoga teacher, I was running a music charity um, called the Joe Strummer New Music Foundation, giving, essentially giving money to kids to make records. And um, yeah, I, I worked um, for an amazing record producer called Nellie Hooper for almost 10 years. And yeah, I worked with lots of amazing bands and artists and, um, you know, people that I... Yeah, I love to, love to listen to, basically. 
And who do you love to listen to now? Because obviously you were telling me earlier you were on another podcast, which obviously I tried not to get too upset and jealous about. But um, who was this other podcast artist that you were telling me about, that the uh, interviewer then introduced you to one of your all-time heroes? Oh, yeah. So I love Nick Mulvey. He's my favourite. And um, he did an interview on this same po- podcast, the Inner Truth podcast. And... Um, Oh, he's just great, Nick Mulvey. He's just really a wonderful, gifted, talented um, singer-songwriter. So I love a bit of folk. Um, so yeah, it was him. We've got the old uh, steel drums going on in the background as well. It's like someone new. We're going back to Trish's roots of sort of London town and uh, some serious like... Not crime, but you, you you were quite sort of like a rude girl. We've talked about that before. <laughs> I still am, I guess. Well, you definitely, definitely are. I mean, you forgive me for pointing that out or re, uh, re-establishing it. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, well, I also worked at Fourth and Broadway, the black music arm of Island Records. I mean, Island Records, what a... What a what an experience that was. So, yeah, I mean, I do love a bit of raga. Oh, yeah, I'd have to say the highlight of my season might have been DJing at... Um, oh, here we go. ...at Pikes. <laughs> it's all coming out now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I DJed at Pikes at a night called Flash, my friend Guy's night. And, um, yeah, it was great. My, my garage set. Uh, and I definitely uh, would love to, to do that again next season once. Just such good fun, you know. I, well, I was gutted again. I was back in England for that one because my, my father wasn't well, but I did see the video that he made to say that it was coming, and I was just like absolutely wetting myself. It was a it was a good video actually. I'm gutted to have um, to have missed that. And and you're going to be, um, I guess, obviously laying down some of that stuff next year. But you've got a, a big birthday brewing as well. You said you might be having a bit of a party. Oh, that's not till 2020. Ah, okay. We've got a bit, bit of a wait for yes. that one. I mean, I just wanted to say a massive thank you as well on this particular edition of the podcast for obviously offering up that um, space on the Soul Medicine Retreat. And of course, we actually teamed up with a cancer charity. We had this incredible um, lady due to join us for free, which you very kindly gave us as a gift for the Reset Rebel. And um, we've had some unbelievable people giving up some wonderful, wonderful gifts this year. But that was a really very, very, very generous thing that you um, that you set up for us. And sadly, she couldn't actually make it so um yeah hopefully that hasn't put you off from collaborating with us in the future but i i just wanted to say a oh, huge um thank you for that because that was um really really kind of you and um yeah i guess the nature of this beast is working with those kinds of guests that goalposts move and things change and people are obviously not well and can't make it my pleasure you know just um such honorable work and it's good to give back you know that's that's the bottom line, isn't it? So, yeah, hats off to you for doing what you're doing. I, I'm just, this is really quite entertaining out the back here. It's getting very, very party vibes. I do love the fact that we are basically in the middle of San Juan. We were going to meet and have a little wander around the Christmas market and um, give people a little sort of taste of uh, Ibiza in winter and Ibiza at Christmas time. But um, what are you actually doing for Christmas? What's the plan? I'm here and I'm going to spend it with... Uh, some friends who are fabulous cooks and uh, with their families and um, and uh, yeah lots of um, lots of walking lots of nice long sunny lunches early nights fires friends yeah 
Yeah. Sounds terrible. <laughs> snuggling, lots of snuggling. And you're going out to New York as well in the new year to go and see your family for your birthday. I am going to New York at the end of, of January. Nice. Nice. And is there anything sort of special that you wanted to like wish anyone for Christmas or is anything going on in your world that you wanted to share for the new year? Anything people kind of should pay attention to? Or? Uh, just love each other, you know, be kind. Um, I feel like I'm on like, so next to the Queen asking for the, Chris- <laughs> the Christmas message. What have you got to say, Queen Trish? <laughs> um, yeah, just, you know, love each other and, and um, love yourself. Lots of love. Happy Christmas. Self-care. There it is, right there. Thank you so much for talking to us. I really, really appreciate your time here on the Reset Rebel podcast. Back for edition number two of 2018. And of course, we'll have you back next year if you want to come back. But um, I will no doubt the next time I'll clamp eyes on you will probably be on the uh, the magical uh, sands of Goa. Yes, 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 yes. Look forward to that. But um, yeah, just trying to really, you know, make the most of all this time and not, you know, just really, you know, my own personal mission at the moment is to just be very present and so yeah while I'm looking forward to being in Goa I'm also looking forward to you know all of the hours in tomorrow and the day after and all of the days between now and then so yeah that's nice. That's a nice way to end. Thank you so much for joining us. And Snoop Dogg here on the Reset Rebel podcast in San Juan. He's not another say little anything. lick of the microphone just to finish. I just kind of want to have a happy ending here. Oh, go on, Snoopy. Go on, Snoopy. That was a bit rude. Okay. Bye. Every day